Each year in Bisbee, Arizona, a small historical town nearby, the community gets together to host an event in honor of Pride Month. This year, Sierra Vista Community Theater set up a booth to promote our upcoming shows and support the LGBTQ community. Several members of the theater, including myself, happily volunteered to help run the booth. The theater thruple also showed up, and I decided to do a live interview with them to hear some of the struggles and judgment that they've experienced as a thruple. Oh my gosh, guys, we're at Pride! In front of the Donna, tell us about your character in She Kills Monsters. Uh, my character is Lilith, and in the game world um, that Tilly has created, she is this badass demon warrior who's very proud of her sexual identity. And in the real world, she's a student who is not proud of herself yet, and she hasn't found a way to express herself. Um, so there's a bit of a contrast between the real world and the game world for this character. Um, and it's really beautiful. So part of acting is kind of relating your character to yourself and how you are as a person. How have you related your character, character to yourself? Um, I think that my character has a lot of similarities to the way that I felt coming out, um, honestly. And, you know, it, it's hard. And accepting who you are can be really hard. And I think Lilith has a hard time with that, especially since this show takes place in the 90s when people were less accepting of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and so I, I identify with this character a lot. We're recording live from Pride from our booth here in Bisbee. Um, Allie, what are, you do what are you doing for She Kills? I am production stage manager. Can you tell us a little bit about the show? Sure. Um, it is about Agnes, who uh, lost her sister and is getting to know who she really was through a campaign of D&D. I feel like every single recording that we're doing today, all I can hear is Jason. But I'm actually trying to talk to Scott right now, who's the director of She Kills Monsters. And Scott feels like he's God right now because this is his first time directing. Um, Scott or God, whatever you identify as right now, tell us how you feel as a director. Um, great, actually. I got a great cast um, and crew that's working hard. The designers are doing everything they can to make this show a uh, vision of mine come to reality. We're running through a few technical um, challenges, but otherwise it's been a really good experience. What is your vision of this show? Uh, mixing of the scary realities of the 90s uh, and the escape that fantasy gaming brings to those that seek it. So I'm glad you guys are here. Not only are you helping uh, tremendously with She Kills Monsters, um, but you're also in a thruple. So in honor of pride, I'd like to ask some thruple questions as long as you guys are okay with that, if that's not too intimate. Absolutely. So Donna, Allie, and Scott are the thruple of the theater. And it started with Donna and Scott originally, and then they added Allie after they realized that they loved her, right? Was it love first sight? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not. <laughs> it was not me and Donna didn't really like each other. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a fair statement. That's really true. Uh, I did not like you. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't do my dances, and you thought I was dumb, and you would hide from me, so you didn't have to do my dances. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like Donna would still hide from you so she doesn't have to do your dances though, just because she doesn't like dancing. She absolutely not you. still will. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a dancing thing, not a person. If I could thing. be good at it, it would be fine, but I don't think I can be. I have no rhythm. <laughs> That's why we teach rhythm. So, did this kind of start like as a friendship, or how did this all kind of unfold between you guys? Um, well, since the very beginning of Scott and I's relationship, we had talked about um, being polyamorous and that being an option for us, but it's not like super common because we didn't find somebody that we really connected with, either of us, individually or together, and then and then we did. Yeah. Um, Scott and I um, became close. We worked on Midsummer together. We worked on um, a couple other things together. And during those times, we um, figured out that we had feelings for each other. So it was me and Scott first, um, Allie and Scott. And then later on, Donna and I got to know each other um, a little bit better. And we realized that there was a lot more to it than just being friends and um, they basically took me to comic-con and that was it we were done <laughs> and you guys seem kind of like donna and ali you seem very close now like you guys have really come a long way um do you ever kind of like team up against scott when you guys are arguing i wish we teamed up against scott more <laughs> Yes, we do. <laughs> I just kind of feel like that would be hard, like having two girls and sticking to girl code. Do you feel do you feel left out sometimes, Scott? Never. <laughs> um, so, how are the sleeping arrangements? Do you guys have like a California king? We wish. I wish. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Maybe we'll throw a GoFundMe on this. And <laughs> Please help the Thruples of the theater. Please donate to the Thruples bed arrangement. <laughs> no, we have a tiny queen. Tiny queen. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and sometimes our around. kids get in there with us when they have bad dreams. Oh, or, and the dog. And the dog. And occasionally the cat, the cat. that I'm extremely allergic to. Yeah. Um, yeah. We all fit in this little tiny queen bed. We had to turn it horizontally. We do. We lay so the other direction. Can. I'm the only one that fits on it right like twice. Yeah, yeah. My legs <laughs> So we have, me and my husband have a regular king. And our children sometimes crawl in bed with us in the middle of the night. And. And three's a crowd, so I can't imagine our dog and other children, adults, in there. That'd be hard. Sleep quality. It's a lot of getting kicked. Oh, yeah, a lot of getting kicked. And then kids sleep like or, horizontally all the time. Or right, losing right. The, the blankets. Or yeah, Scott doesn't ever get blankets. Donna gets all the blankets, huddled on top of her in the corner. Scott gets no blankets. I brought in an extra blanket just so that I would have a blanket, though. Yeah. You still take all the others. Yeah, they're still gone. <laughs> what do you guys feel like are some, um, like, common judgments or stereotypes that you guys get? Do you feel like you get any of those? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, even within the theater, we've heard things like we're gross, people don't understand us. Um, but uh, love is love, which is pride. Um, I'm bisexual, Donna's bisexual. We made that connection. It doesn't mean it's a sexual connection. We, our personalities and what we want out of life and what we want for our children all just fits so perfectly between the three of us. It, I don't, I lost How my was it out there? That was really good. I don't. Um, How are you doing? 
What was the question? I don't remember. I lost my train of thought. Well, I just want to say that humans are gross in general. So anybody who thinks you guys are gross, I mean, they're all gross too. And I don't really care about them judging us because we feel it's right. And our kids are happy, genuinely, just so freaking happy and it's just amazing watching them grow and get, they get to call Scott and Donna their bonus parents and it's just the cutest thing like Willow she's just so proud of both of them and her daddy and he he supports us as well and it's just a really great situation so even though we do come across that where people don't necessarily understand it it's a lot still of okay stares a lot of stares a lot of looks a lot of trying to figure us out yeah it works for us, and that's what matters. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll join a throuple because I think I would like the stares. I would like the attention. So just for that fact, I might, I might do that. It's embarrassing too. I'm here at Pride. I have my wedding ring on. I'm married. I'm a straight woman married to a straight man. Like I don't fit in here. It's embarrassing. Um, Scott, I thought you were Mormon. I thought that's why this was happening. Are you? Are you? No, not not even close. Um, Religion has always been a touchy subject for me, but uh, theater as well as my partners have always been very supportive with my personal beliefs, and I don't think that plays into anything when it comes to how I love and who I love. So I've been very fortunate. Uh, I have parents that are more on the religious side who have been supportive, uh, my brothers as well, um, and it's, so it's been a very good experience for me. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming and talking about those personal things. Um, I think that it's just one of those things that when people don't understand it, they automatically judge and assume things. Um, Allie, I automatically just judge and assume that you clean your carpet at home with coffee grounds. Is that true? If there's throw up, hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, Selena, let me put the coffee grounds down. Just on this one little sprinkle, damn it. There's a, there's a sign in the bathroom that says, don't use this, don't use that. And I had a pen in my pocket because I had just come from work and I wrote, yes. can we put coffee grounds on there? So that was me. That was you. Okay. I was yeah, like, hmm. all the sense. That was me. I was thinking someone was mopping with coffee grounds. I'm like, that is not how that works. Because if I miss an opportunity to be sarcastic, it hurts deep inside. So that's why that's there. Is there anything else you guys want to say about your show, about your relationship, about your cool makeup, anything? The show that's coming up is so good. Um, even during the rehearsals, the actors that we have and the message that they send across is amazing. I've watched the same scenes now over and over and over again, and I cry every single time. The message is just so powerful in this play. It's, it's worth coming to see. Sure. I think whether or not you're a part of the LGBTQ plus community, this show is going to tug at your heartstrings. But especially if you are a part of the LGBTQ plus community, um, there are just some moments that hit really hard, um, especially if you've been bullied, especially if you've had trouble getting to a place of pride. Um, and this show has a really beautiful story to tell. So I'm excited to be on the stage. I am um, just looking forward to this show so much. I want to make people cry, <laughs> and I hope we do. <laughs> I'm excited to see you on the stage again, Donna. Uh, for me, besides the um, Pride community within the show, uh, it's a great story. It deals with sisters, 
it deals with loss and for me it is a personal journey for me to see this show through um, a few years ago I lost a great friend who I would love to see this show um, and as you watch the show you'll see uh, the challenges and the, the heartbreak of losing somebody and getting one more chance. All right, I, we got to go now because Allie and Don are about to make out. <laughs> After interviewing with Ruppel and hearing about the upcoming show, She Kills Monsters, that they are involved in, I wanted to learn more about the storyline. I'm not very familiar with this show, and I heard that it's mostly about the game Dungeons and Dragons. But there's actually a really good story in there as well, and I wanted to get a better understanding of the actual story. So I asked Kiri if I could also interview her. Kiri is a board member at Sierra Vista Community Theater. She's chair of youth theater, and she's vice chair of education. Kiri is starring in She Kills Monsters as Agnes, the lead role. Not only is she a very talented actress, she's also very good at breaking down characters and the true meaning of the story. I also brought Marvel along because he's into Dungeons and Dragons, and I needed him to help translate some of that gamer lingo. You walk into a theater. As you near the stage, you notice two figures approaching you from behind. One with a laptop, the other with a microphone. Kiri, roll for initiative. Kiri, I wanted to interview you for this show because I am not a Dungeons and Dragons um, player. And um, I know that you're the kind of person who really like dives into not just your character, but everybody's character. So if other actors or actresses are struggling in the show, you can always kind of give them guidance as where they should go and the meaning of their lines and all that stuff. So welcome, Kiri. Hi. <laughs> so tell us who you're playing. Oh, <laughs> I think we always do that to you. Huh? Oh, Marvel's here too. Um, I invited Marvel because he is a Dungeons and Dragons player. As well as other various nerd kids. And I was like, hey, I don't know what to ask Kiri. And Marvel said, why don't you just ask her some nerd questions like, what did you say? I was like, like, what character would you be if you played D&D? &D? Um, just about mostly D&D uh, &D related questions, nerd related questions. Um, so I was like, do you want to come? Because I don't understand that. I even brought <laughs> some dice so that we can make this interactive. Oh. Okay, but Kiri, tell us about your... Don't interrupt her again. <laughs> tell us about your character, who you're playing. Um, so I am playing Agnes Evans, um, who is basically the she in She Kills Monsters. Um, Agnes is a 24-year-old teacher at Athens High School. Um, she recently lost, not so much recently, you would say within a year to two years, that she had lost her entire family in a car crash, including her younger sister. Tilly, who was only 16. Um, so you're kind of following Agnes on her journey to understand her sister a little bit better. Her sister was a nerd. <laughs> um, and Agnes just never connected with her sister. She never took the opportunity to because they were so different. 
but it's it's kind of a story of you know cherish your loved ones while they're there um and you're also following agnes as she's grieving the loss of her family which she kind of just stays stagnant throughout those years not wanting to move forward but not pushing herself to go past any of the grief she didn't want to face any of it so it's it's on the top on the surface of this story it is a funny um nerdy show with fights and action and sexy demons and elves and you know uh teenage jokes and everything else but then on underneath that surface is a very powerful drama about loss and family and love and all of those combined sexy demons i am i've never i'm trying to picture that is that is that what donna's playing yes Ooh, hot Donna. I like hot her. Donna. I like her outfit. She looks good. Yeah. She is a sexy demon. Vanessa did really, really good on that costume. Um, she, she really made sure that she wanted everyone to feel comfortable and confident in their outfits. Um, but it was the way that she had dressed Donna is very, very sexy, but also very stylish and like, in a sense, not slutty, just very sexy. It's it's so weird, but how she did it, it, it just turned out phenomenal. Like praise for her. I bet Vanessa just went into her role play S and M closet and just pulled out something. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it's like, oh, I've had this. Don't worry. Yeah, costuming's hard, especially for a show like this where it's so much fantasy, and then it's in the nineteen nineties and. You know, you wanna you wanna make sure people feel confident while still fitting within the realm of D and D, um, and she's done a lot of hand sewing. She's done a lot of just the costumes that people are going to see are absolutely phenomenal. They're they're definitely fantasy, but also like because all the characters are teenagers except for three of us. Um, it's it's still within the realm of something a teenager would draw. Like she, she definitely did an amazing job. So question, mm -hmm. two questions. Do you know anything about D&D &D and have you ever played before or at least have family who has? So uh, actually funny story, my dad, and it's hard to believe this uh, from this man, I love him dearly. Uh, he was the president of the D&D &D society <laughs> in his high school. And I used to make fun of him when I, when I found that out. But I played D&D with one of my friends when I was younger, when I lived um, on base. Mm -hmm. And then I played D&D &D in high school. But that was, gosh, like 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't really had a party or um, any any group uh, to kind of throw myself in. But you liked it. because it, I did. It's got a nice, it does have a, a theatrical requirement. Oh, but, yeah. You know, there's... People who play D&D, or this, a lot of them would probably say they wouldn't be a good actor, but they get into their characters just as much as I would say an actor on stage does, and whatever table or place setting that they're at, um, I believe they also, that's no different than a stage, you know. Uh, I've played D&D a few times, and some of them would make really great actors. You'd probably spot them and be like, you have a talent, so. Yeah, a lot of our monsters in the show uh, play D&D. &D. 
and they definitely get into their monster roles. Um, I actually just watched your interview with them, Selena, and I was like, oh, they're great. I love them. I loved the monsters. <laughs> they were hilarious. Yes. Um, most of them are D&D players and just, you know, just like with theater, it's an escapism and it's, it's a wish fulfillment. You get to be something that you're not typically in your, your real life. And I think that everyone needs that. They need a way to escape just what's going on, whether it's being a vet tech, a nurse, a billing specialist, you know, um, everyone needs something that makes them not feel like them, even if it's just for a couple of minutes. I need to escape being a nurse always. <laughs> Selena, roll for evasion. I don't know what that means, but sure. Wow. You evaded. <laughs> <laughs> Still she don't know what that means. Know what went on, but <laughs> she, she got avoided. a twelve. <laughs> and the marble, you got a seven. <laughs> yeah, seven. <laughs> um, I do know that during this, mm -hmm. uh, initially when it started, you were still doing Anne, Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. How was it balancing the two? Like, the main brain on one show and then you're also the main character in another like your day was so long <laughs> and then i had camp in between <laughs> that before that i had godspell before that i had <laughs> before that i had acting can be murder um i will say that um scott and ali did a phenomenal job on making sure that they weren't over exerting me mm -hmm. um they would always check in with me and make sure that i was okay if I was even the least bit, like they thought I was going to fall asleep, they would um, cancel, uh, they would they would cut rehearsals early just to make sure that I wasn't overexerting myself. But then once Anne closed, they were like, you're ours now, <laughs> you are ours. Um, but yeah, they did a very, a very good job on just keeping me within the loop on everything that was going on and being patient for the final three weeks of Anne when they were in rehearsals. Mm -hmm. Would you say that the show is more about Dungeons and Dragons or is more about the general storyline of Agnes trying to figure out her sister? I would say it's an equal of both, actually. Um, Agnes learns a lot about her sister through the world of D&D um, to the point that Agnes starts to regret and hate herself for not taking the chance to really bond with her sister. Um, you know, and if there's a monologue that I perform and in that monologue, she says, I don't remember her as a teenager at all. So she's learning everything through a book, a module that her sister had written, such as her sexuality, her interests, her everything that a sister should know. She never knew. And someone else has to tell her. So I didn't know that. So is this, um, the sister has written her own D&D uh, layout. It's definitely a homespun module. That, so you can do homebrews just really quick. Um, so it looks like the sister made her own homebrew mm -hmm. characters, pretty much everything Kiri said. So that explains the closeness that's developed from playing this. Yeah, so she, um, Agnes finds the book in her sister's room. It's taken her almost two years to actually even try and attempt to clean her sister's room and so she finds this module she knows it's about dungeons and dragon and she finds chuck 
who was uh, Tilly's friend in high school, and she didn't even know that they were friends. She just knew that this was the geek of all geeks that knew everything and anything about Dungeons and Dragons. And so, yeah, so everything within this module um, is, is Tilly herself. She wrote all of the characters who were based off of her friends, uh, some of the monsters based off of her bullies, scenarios that were based off of things that she faced in high school. It's like a diary. It's, it basically is her diary just wrote and, written in geek. And it's, <laughs> I like that. It's, just, it's great. Um, and it's, it's, it definitely touches me as a person because I do have a sister the same age as Tilly. And I could not ever imagine not taking the chance to actually know her and not, you know, trying to be interested in the things that she's interested in or bonding with her, or taking her out to, mm -hmm. to do things, to basically ignore her in some of the most pinnacle moments of a kid's life. Teenage, being a teenager is hard, you yeah. know? Um, everything's changing. You're learning about yourself. You're learning your sexuality. You're learning, you know, you're developing, you're trying to make friends, your preferences, your preferences in life, you yeah. know, and to not take that opportunity to, to bond with your sister and be like, I've been there. I know what you're going through. Like, let me help you through it. I just, it's heartbreaking to me to develop the character of Agnes and put in my shoes if I never got to know my sister or if I had done this for my sister. There's a line um, in there that just makes me want to cry every single time and it's near the ending. Um, Agnes has, has basically gone into anger and depression um, through the five stages of grief. Um, that's kind of what I'm basing my character off of is five stages of grief. And um, someone says, you know, I wish I would have just told her that I loved her before it was too late. And Agnes's reply is, yeah, yeah, I understand. Which then tells me she never said that to her, not once. That's rough. Mm -hmm. So is this role compared? I know you've played multiple roles. Mm -hmm. So um, how different is this or similar is this from roles that you've played before? This is very different. Um, this one hits home very, very much, which is one of the reasons um, I fought so hard for it to be on the season. Um, this this story was given to me by Dave Dahl, uh, potentially for a youth theater production because there is a Young Adventure edition of it. And when I was reading the character of Agnes, I knew exactly how I wanted her to be because it just, it kind of hits home in a sense of, I understand what she's feeling. If I were to ever lose my sister, this is exactly what I would be doing. Um, I have, I've, I've been in many dramas and I've directed many dramas, but I've never had to play a character like her before. And I've never been in a show that went into like fantasy and reality real quick and just, and it's, it's fun. The show is really, really fun, but at the same time, it's definitely emotional. So it's, it's Sounds a amazing. good balance of like comedy and drama. And like, I have to give kudos where it is. It was written beautifully. So every character in the show pretty much has a real world appearance and then they have a fantasy world. Yes. Appearance. <clears throat> so, um, a lot of the monsters are based off of real people in Tilly's lives. 
um, two of the bosses are based off of adults um, in Agnes's life. Um, so uh, Agnes's boyfriend gets a lot of heat from Tilly. She basically doesn't like him. She's never liked him. And he's uh, one of the monsters in the show. And when that happened, all I could think of was uh, my sister and my ex-boyfriend and how my sister always says that she hated him until like a couple months ago, she was like, I didn't really hate him. I just hated that he was taking your time away from me. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah it's so. a real thing. Um, so all of the monsters, everything is based off of someone or something in her life. When you auditioned for the show, did you, is Agnes the character you were going for? So yes, um, if I was going to the, do the show, Agnes was the character that I would have wanted 100%, but I also took into consideration that I had uh, Anna Green Gables going on and I had the youth camp coming up. So I didn't set my expectations high on getting her. And I also didn't set my expectations high on getting casted at all. If it was, it was just gonna be a monster role because I do have some experience in stage combat. Not enough to say like that I'm perfect. <laughs> I'm definitely not. So it fits with Agnes being a noob with my skills. Um, but I, I originally just thought I would be playing a monster in an understudy. I didn't, I didn't expect to actually get the lead, but I'm glad that I did because that is the character that I would have preferred. So that was my next question is if you didn't get the part of Agnes, who would you have wanted to be? And that's a monster. Yeah, I probably would have just done um, like a monster role. Um, I definitely could not pull off Calliope or Lilith. Like, I'm sorry, I'm a bigger girl. I'm not wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm more, I'm, I guess you can say I'm more conservative in like how I dress. Um, which is one of the reasons I like Agnes because she's always talking about how people have a lack of clothing in that world. <laughs> um, Vera, I would enjoy playing Vera, but I don't know if it is the role that I would absolutely prefer. I even put on my audition sheet that I would like Steve because Steve is such a fun character. Um, God, I would have loved to play Steve actually. <laughs> Steve is just our little cameo, like, you know, you know how in, in any um, like comic book or video game or something, there's always that comic relief character that just shows up for a couple of seconds yeah. and then something happens to them. That's Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got his own theme music and everything, and I love it. Um, but I probably would have liked to play the fairy too. Um, the first boss being the fairy, uh, she, she is a... I would just like to curse that much on stage, man. <laughs> she is that who um, Angel's playing? Yeah. I love her costume. Actually, mm -hmm. a lot of the costumes were really, really good um, for the fantasy world. We came and did media day, and I took some photos, and um, a lot of the costumes were really cool, as well as the fight scenes. There's some good fight scenes in there. Right now, I'm still trying to learn one of them. So we've got every single one down. I did choreograph one of the fights because I told our director, I was like, I really want steel on steel. <laughs> he was like, there's too many people on stage. I'm afraid for their safety. And I'm like, I get that. But in this fight, it's just me against this person. And so I had written out that. And I'm still learning that one. <laughs> so hopefully I can, I can get that down. We'll see.
There's a lot of fights. Yeah, uh, 28 to be exact. And 28 fight calls. Fight calls, oh, I'm sorry. Um, so those of you who aren't uh, aware of what the differences are, is a fight call is just anything that involves any kind of stunt. Um, so like if someone gets slapped on stage, that's considered a fight call. Um, I would say big fight wise, um, there's the three boss battles. The uh, the so that's the very that one, that one, and then there is the succubus fight, and then there is um, two big monster battles. So, so question is um because uh, is uh not Tilly. What's the main character's name? Agnes. Is Agnes? A DM in this or an actual character? She is an actual character. So the DM is Chuck, um, who is played by Brady, and he does it phenomenally, and I love that kid. Um, Agnes basically goes into the realm of D&D. So her sister had written this module for a one to two player um, game. Mm -hmm. And uh, the party, it's a party of five, potentially six if you play with two. Mm -hmm. So um, she is actually one of the players and she does go in as a noob. She levels up. She gets, you know, like cooler swords and um, what class she, did she pick? Uh, human. She picked human? She picked human. What kind of human? Like sorcerer? They, warrior? they never say. They, they never, never say? say. She, oh, she literally goes in and they ask her, they're like, so what's your character name going to be? And she says Agnes. So they get mad at her and they're like, okay, your name is now Agnes the ass had it. <laughs> um, and then they ask her, you know, what kind of weapon do you want? And she's like, well, I'll take a shield and a sword. And then they're like, okay, what's your alignment? And they go through all these different things and she really doesn't pick an alignment. So she's kind of like an incomplete character throughout this whole I thing. Mean, but in a sense that that kind of also um, tells a lot about her as a person as well, because she's incomplete. Fair enough. Seriously. Um, one question you well what what species would you pick and what class like what mage warrior i would probably do like a rogue elf like a rogue dark elf that's pretty dope dark elves are pretty cool dark elves are cool dark elves are uh what are they mixed with I can't even remember. A little bit of dark and a little bit of elf. Oh, yeah. A little bit of yeah. dark and a little yeah. bit of Thank you. Thank you for See, that. she knows no D&D. &D. <laughs> uh, earlier, you did say that one part of the show hit home. Uh, I'm going to have you roll for damage. Oh, no. She's going to roll a 20-side die. 12. 12. One more time. 15. Oh. You take 12, but you have 15. Left. Okay, you're fine. She took... She took no damage. Took no damage. She's kind of killing it right now. My heart is safe. Selena looks clueless. I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time my facial expression matched my uh, my thoughts. <laughs> Honestly, just the show itself is is really good. Um, the director is uh, definitely doing what he needs to. If he has any questions, he's always like. He'll ask, he is not a first time director, but a first time director in our theater. And I know that he's really nervous about the show, but you know, being a, <laughs> a very experienced director, I'm like, I'm not, you're, you're where you need to be. Um, he's taking advice where it's needed. 
His designers are amazing. The lighting design mm -hmm. is so cool. Cassie always does a great job. She was my lighting designer for Wizard of Oz, and it, it was so magical and beautiful that I have no doubt when we start Tech Week that it's going to be as beautiful as Wizard of Oz was. And then Jeremy and Preston creating original music, and they actually are adding on uh, David Vest, who is going to be, I feel so bad for this man. And I hope that I am not the cause of whatever problems may occur, but he has to sit there and do and press buttons for every slash, every punch, every roar of a, of any of the monsters. There's so much. It's a lot of buttons. It's a lot of buttons. Vanessa did a phenomenal job with costuming. Mia's set is astonishing. She did a very good job of uh, distinguishing the difference between a fantasy realm and the real world. Um, all of her painters did amazing. Like it looks like it looks so paper. good. It looks so yeah. good. It does look really good. Um, the drawbridge idea was really cool. Jenny did a really good job making sure everything was safe and ready to go. So he's got an amazing team. The show has an amazing team. It's I'm gonna say amazing again, but it's just gonna be amazing. <laughs> yeah, pretty good all star lineup, honestly. Honestly, I am in love with this cast. They all are very supportive of each other, um, even though they yell at me to stop pushing myself so much. <laughs> um, they're very supportive of each other. They're, you know, everyone speaks to each other. Everyone speaks highly about each other. Um, it's just a really good cast, and they're all nerds, so that helps because yes. nerds have a lot of energy. Director is definitely a nerd. Yeah, I can tell you the director is definitely <laughs> a nerd. Everyone in this cast themselves are nerds, um, and it's 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 a very uh, I don't know how to put it. It's like when you, I guess, in the ways of the shows too, like when you find your group of people, it feels like home in a safe space, and that's what this cast has made it feel like. Everyone just like walking into bar, the bar at Cheers. Yeah, yeah, walking into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've felt that. I don't know if you can really. I'm but like, you know, um, not just when you're like that at home feeling that comes when you come to the theater when you go and you go to someone's opening night just to support. You know, you could hate the show or the writer or whatever, but you're there. But then when your cast hits that cohesion, where you're really like, just the synergy is is working and everyone's feeding everyone and, and giving and taking. It's um, real indescribable feeling. Yeah, so much positivity, so much support. It makes everyone want to work harder and I absolutely love it. You know, I've, I've worked many, many shows where sometimes the casts are very um, like clicky. There's certain clicks, people dog each other, they talk down on each other. And it, it's a rough situation, but with this cast, it was like from day one, I walked in and I was half expecting to not feel so welcome because I was basically gone for a total of three weeks, only coming in for like 30, 40, 50 minutes. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to bond with this cast. Like, I'm, I'm not here when they're first starting. I'm not going to be able to properly bond with them. And they were just very welcoming with open arms. Um, they were very supportive from the beginning. And I was like, okay, you know, they were very understanding that I wasn't going to be there for the three weeks and they would help me wherever I could. Stephanie did a wonderful job standing in for me. Um, 
and it's it's definitely like a little group of home and I'm going to miss the show when it's when it's over because even when we had you know like five straight days of rehearsals and I'm exhausted because camp's here as well um everyone would make sure like hey do you need Gatorade do you need food what do you need let me take care of you and it's it's always good to have people that are like let me make sure that you're taken care of well thank you for coming Kiri and letting me um, interview slash interrogate you. <laughs> slash help you start creating a character. <laughs> um, help me understand Dungeons and Dragons a little bit better, Marvel and Kiri. Thank you. Um, come see Kiri for opening night. It's going to be July 14th. 14th. You can get your tickets online um, at service to community theater. Dot org. Just go, just message Gina. I'm not a board just member, message, I'm sorry. Just message Gina, she knows. <laughs> just make sure like if you do post it on her wall that it's shareable. Before we go, we'll uh, roll to see who leaves first. Selena's like, let me go first. <laughs> Selena rolled oh, a 17. 17. Oh, okay. Carrie's turn. Oh, man. 17, oh, come on. <laughs> that if I lose, I'm the worst. If I win, they're gonna think it's rigged. Ah, oh, oh, I rolled a you're four. The worst. You're oh the my worst. god! I leave last. <laughs> Bye, Selena. Bye, Kiri. Bye, Marvel. Okay, no. Before we go, one more thing. One more thing. Drama. In the uh, theater. Save it for the stage. At least she knows it. <laughs>